This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Lots of action in the NFL for week three that we are going to dive right into in this episode of the Steelers Standard. I'm glad we're getting into this, Tom, because I don't know if I can talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers team for much longer. Jacob Recht, depressed about the Steelers' loss to the Bengals that dropped them to one and two. Depressed is a light word to use. I am Tom Opferman. I am depressed as well. Uh, Let's talk about some of the action in the AFC North to start. The Bengals obviously getting a big win this mm-hmm. week against the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to 2-1. and one. Uh, The Browns handled the Bears at home, like we said. It took a little while, though. It took a little bit longer than the Browns, Browns have were... been taking some time to heat up this year, mm-hmm. except for the except Chiefs game. Except for the Chiefs game, yeah. But they've been taking some time in all the other games to really heat up against these teams. Uh, but they just dominated the Brown, uh, the Bears all game long. 47 total yards of offense, it says right here, uh, for the Chicago Bears in this game. No, that is not a mistake. That is not just rushing yards or passing yards. That is 47 total yards on 42 total plays. That's like an Alabama playing an FCS school. Like, that's how much the Browns' defense dominated that game. So I was right when I said last segment they averaged one yard per game. Basically. For the whole game. Basically. Not, a little, just, a little, not just the half. A little over a yard per game is what they averaged. Uh, you expected the Browns to go to 2-1 and one and beat the Bears at home there. Uh, you expected the Ravens to go to 2-1 and one as well and blow out the Lions, but the Steelers almost got a little bit of an olive branch extended to them for this Bengals loss by the football gods because if the Ravens drop to one and two as well. You're still thinking you got things pretty much not handled, but you're still really in the thick of this thing, and it's it, things aren't as bad. Bengals being up on you two to one when you play them again, you, it's the Bengals. Whatever we can take, them out, right? Right. That's <laughs> yeah, what you're well, thinking. That's what you're thinking, that, though. That's what you're thinking. Now suffered two losses in a row to. This but listen, team. that's what you're thinking, though. If you're the Steelers, if you're Steelers Nation. But then, of course, Justin Tucker does Justin Tucker things, and he makes a 66-yard field goal that doinks off the crossbar in goodbye Detroit as time expires, 19-17, the Baltimore Ravens. From the jaws of – or from the clutches of defeat, they rip away a victory, and it's Justin Tucker things. I can't believe it. Justin Tucker was probably already the best kicker, you could say, in, in NFL history. Oh, yeah. He, he he was he before was. yesterday. He was by far before yesterday. He was. Oh yeah. You cannot make the argument ever again that he is not after that kick yesterday. Longest field goal in NFL history. Game-winning field goal on the road to to save your team from an embarrassing loss. I mean, if Baltimore goes on the road against Detroit. People aren't talking nearly as much about how bad the Steelers are. It's how in the hell did Baltimore lose to Detroit. Exactly. And again, like I said, you got another team down there in the basement with you at one and two. But instead, because of Justin Tucker's uh, golden leg, you flip it up. All three teams in front of the Steelers, two and one. Steelers, Steelers one and two. One and two in, two the ba- in the basement. Two-game home losing streak. Yeah. Three games at home that they've lost in a row. If you date back to the playoff game against the Cleveland Browns I think you can go year. back a little bit farther, unless the Colts game they was beat the, the Colts last. at home okay, in the so last game, game there. But they lost their final game to the Browns uh, in the playoffs last year, and they've started this season off with two straight losses at home as well. 
you're in a bit of a hole now with all the other teams being up on you two games to one. And the Bengals now have that tiebreaker, at least for the moment, over you with that head-to-head victory. Uh, what do you make of the Ravens, though? Is that just a matter of this is the NFL and weird things happen week to week? Or is this a team that is going to be up and down all year where they play a little down to competition like the Lions? And I don't even want to say play down to the Raiders now because they're off to a 3-0 start. No, but that's Raiders a, that's a team the loss. Ravens should probably beat. They should still probably beat them. The Raiders were a good loss. I mean, we talk about bad losses against teams like Detroit, but – the Ravens are only looking back at their schedule at the end of the year and say, okay, well, we lost to a good team in Vegas. We could have beaten them. We probably should have beaten them. But maybe with it being week one, Monday Night Football on the road, you're, it's the first game you're you're playing without your, what, your starting three running backs or something, however many they've lost. So would you say you're leaning more towards this was just a matter of it's the NFL, it's weird, mm-hmm. that's a – they still got the win. No one's going to remember how that happened when they look at the right, end of the season. Right, they got the win. They got the okay. win. Okay. I, I kind of – I guess I tend to agree with you. It it does make me a little worried, though, when you go into Detroit and really struggle like that. Detroit, I think, is maybe the worst team in football this year. Doesn't It doesn't worry you when the Steelers do it because you're so used to seeing well, the Steelers the St- do Well, Detroit it. might come into Heinz Field and beat the Steelers at this point You're right very now, used so. to seeing the Steelers do that. So I guess I understand your concern when it's another NFL team doing it, who usually doesn't. And we had said— The Ravens love blowing teams out. Yeah, They love to blow teams out. And we thought this was going to be a 43-7 to like seven massacre, and that was certainly not the case. Only 19 points from Lamar Jackson's offense. We know where that, that final three came from. I don't know. I think another test they have upcoming is on the road next week against the now 3-0 Broncos team. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one in a game. We'll see how they do. We'll see how Lamar Jackson does against a good defense like that. Uh, we said this last week when we were wrong that this Lions game is a game that the Ravens blow them out on. We might be wrong this week, but that's the game the Ravens always win, right? The Broncos 3-0 and at home. I don't Baltimore know. comes rolling into town. We'll see. Feels like a Harbaugh win to me. And the Ravens get into it. And this was a Harbaugh win. To pull out a win like that, I mean, no one was expecting it. There was only one team that could win that game, and that was Baltimore because they had the legs of Justin Tucker but on let's, their team. Let's be real honest with each other here, Jacob. That wasn't a Ravens win. That was how the Lions always lose. Yeah, I that guess was so. such That's a, a Detroit point. Lions loss. I that mean, is a good point. you'd think you'd done it every way you could if you were a Lions fan, right? You'd think you'd been beaten by Aaron Rodgers, Hail Marys. You've been beaten by crazy plays in your history. You've been beaten in games that you should have won uh, at the end of the game in every way imaginable, except for a record breaking field goal from the other half of the football field. Mm-hmm. And. That's what happens to you this past Sunday. Justin Tucker doinks one in off the crossbar. The Lions move to 0-3 on the season. Such a Detroit Lions loss. Some other AFC action that is relevant to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kansas City Chiefs sitting there with the same Mm. record as your Pittsburgh Steelers. 1-2. They are in the basement of the AFC West, which is now all of a sudden a juggernaut of a division, it feels like. Uh, but the Chiefs fall to the Chargers, 30-24 to in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Chargers' Justin Herbert gets his first win over the Can- uh, Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City Chiefs in his career. Biggest win in Justin Herbert's career so far in your So mind? far. It has to be, right? No, I, I don't think there's a win that compares to it. Going on the road, getting to a 2-1 and start, and putting them in, I don't want to say the driver's seat because the Raiders are 3-0 and and so is Denver. 
but I like the Chargers more than the Raiders. And the you Broncos. like their chances. I like that forward. team more. Yeah, yeah. So do I. So Even though they they are a game behind, I both think they the can Raiders make that game up. Yeah. I think so too. And I, I like the way the Chargers look. That defense looked really good against Mahomes. Uh, ball hawking defense. They picked him off once, and then amazing punch out of yeah. Tyreek Hill. That was a big momentum shifter in that game. So. If Derwin James can stay healthy, that defense has got some play. Was that Derwin James? Who it made wasn't that him who made it, but I'm just saying. Did you see that interception? The diving interception. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty um, impressive. Asante Samuel. Oh, Asante, Asante Samuel, Samuel Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was the one who made that pick, and that's what I'm saying though. That defense has got playmakers in it, and they've got probably, other than Mahomes, the best young quarterback in football. Uh, if you want, you don't even call Mahomes a young quarterback. But out of that, Mahomes is young enough. Out of that Burrow class right now, it's Herbert. It's Herbert who's been the best, and he looked really good going on the road in Arrowhead and pulling away that victory. Bad news for the Steelers, though. You got the Chargers coming up. The Chargers are on your schedule. They're also two and one. The Chiefs being one and two, that's kind of scary, honestly, because they're probably going to go on a rampage now, where they're just going to rip off five, six straight wins, and the more teams that are in that AFC West race translates to the more teams in that wild card race. And I hate to break it to you guys, but after just three weeks of the season, I think the division is, is a hopeless endeavor now. It's, I agree. it's all about the seven seed in that. See, wild I don't card. even think it's the, I don't even think it's about the playoffs. I think it's just saving grace, making sure that Ben Roethlisberger finishes his career without a losing record. Nine wins. I'm, I'm thinking is the peak. here. I think nine could, could sneak in. Although the way the AFC West is off. No, I don't think nine can win you it. Because I think right now you're going to get a handful of teams from the West. I don't know what combination. You're going to get one team from the South. You're going to get Baltimore and Cleveland. And then out of the East, I see Buffalo for sure. And then either Miami or New England. Granted, they're both one and two. I still think they have a better chance. Than the Steelers? Yeah. Probably. Because there's only one team in their way. I mean... And that's Buffalo. It's, it's not. just the state of the Steelers, though. Like I would maybe pick the Dolphins or the Patriots to beat the Steelers straight up, head to head. If if I that's were to what pick I'm right saying. Now. So yeah. you get two teams from the East, two from the North, one from the South. So that's five. And you're telling me there's not going to be at least two teams from the West, if not three. I can't believe that this is the one year the Steelers don't have to play the Jaguars. Like, come on, <laughs> are you serious right now? The Jaguars. Throw the, us a freaking bone. The Jaguars, here. The, Texans, the, Jets, the Texans. We don't get we any of them. Miss them all. Uh, throw us a freaking bone here. We're, we're drowning over here. Uh, you mentioned uh, the AFC West off to a great start. Raiders avoided that typical Raiders loss. We had been calling it all week long. That's a team. That's a game the Raiders always lose. Miami coming into town after the Raiders got two big wins under their belt, but they were able to avoid that loss. They they took it to the very last second possible, mm-hmm. but they get a win in overtime. As time expired in overtime, Daniel Carlson makes a field goal to go up 31-28. to 28. Um, Other than the Sunday night game, I think this was the game of the week, to be honest with you. I mean, the Dolphins were up big early. The Raiders came storming back. Jacoby Brissett at the death gets the Dolphins into the end zone and gets a two-point conversion to force the game to overtime. Mm. The Raiders go down the field in overtime and kick a field goal. Jacoby Brissett goes right back down the field and kicks a field goal to tie it again in overtime for the Dolphins. Amazing game of back and really forth. Really great game. And the Raiders coming out without that r- typical Raiders loss, sitting at 3-0. and They're looking real pretty right now. They're in the catbird seat as far as I'm concerned. Kind of an, uh, an untraditional 
overtime, right? Where you yeah. see both teams score, not a touchdown, so it doesn't doesn't end the game. Three field goals in the overtime. Three field goals. I don't. I'm I'm gonna guess with the new new rules in NFL overtime. That's the first time that's happened. Monday night football next week. You ready for this one? I think it's isn't it Raiders Chargers? Oh yeah, in LA. That is a heavyweight matchup for Monday Night Football. That's not your typical West Coast Monday Night Football game where it's like they're just doing this because it's a West Coast thing and you're trying to get more West Coast viewers when it's a 5 o'clock nope. game for there. That is a good it's football game. one of the games game. of the week next week for sure with a lot of stakes. The Fox game of the week this week, I'll mention real quick before we move on, the Broncos blanked the Jets 26 to nothing. It was the easy. That's exactly what you expected them to do. You were kind of saying to me as we got closer to kickoff for that game that you kind of thought the Broncos may be exposed a little here. I said I felt a weird NFL Sunday coming. I felt and that was, And we said that had in large part due to the uneasiness you felt about the Steelers-Bengals game. But Broncos taking care of business. That defense all across the board, the secondary and the defensive front, all look really solid. Teddy Bridgewater maybe making a little comeback player of the he year. He doesn't make mistakes. That's the big thing. He just doesn't He doesn't make any big mistakes. Is it? I, I said maybe comeback player of the year. I don't really know if you can win that award when you weren't having like career <laughs> years before that. But you're definitely having one of the better years of your career to start. Granted, the three teams you've played may be three of the worst teams in the league. The Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. The Bron- this is the test. The Broncos uh, are 3-0. and The aggregate record of the three teams they've beaten are 0-9. So they have not played a winning right. a team that has a win yet. This is the, the test season. here. And it's in L.A., you said? No, no, no. The Broncos get the Ravens at home next week. Which is the test for sure? The Raiders. Oh, it's the go Raiders. The I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So that is the test. The Broncos, the Broncos getting the Ravens at home though in Mile High Stadium, and they're a one point favorite right now. That's never an easy win going into Mile High. Mile High underratedly has one of the har- one of the better home field advantages, not just because of fans, but because of the altitude. Especially, we all remember Ryan Clark having to miss all of those games in Denver because of his strange or or very unique lung condition which he he could not play football so i'm not gonna give the ravens an easy win here i mean i know you said you think that's an it's a hardball win to go into mile high against a three and team but let's see how good this denver defense really is against lamar jackson who we said going into this week after his win against kansas city last week that he was our mvp front runner Let's see. I'm I'm excited to see what this team, this Broncos team, can do against Baltimore. A couple other AFC uh, notes: the Bills just destroyed the Washington Football Team, 43 to 21. The Bills, ever since only putting up 16 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Week One, have put up 35 against the Dolphins and then 43 against the Washington Football the Team. Wa- we were just giving credit to the Denver Broncos defense. The Washington What's Football up with their Team, defense? yeah, yeah, they're getting gashed left and right, but. Buffalo is just reestablishing they're that back. they're one of the best teams in football, if not maybe, they were, they maybe were the, the best team in the AFC as it stands right they now. They were on the outs of our top ten power rankings after week one. They'll probably be in my top five this week. I think I, so, too, if a, not a little bit. Maybe a little maybe bit Maybe a little higher. I, like I said, I think they're the most impressive AFC team as it stands right now. Well, yeah, I mean, with the Chiefs being one and two, you got to give it to Baltimore. And the Browns you, winning, but the Browns, Browns kind of scraping by their wins. The Bills are just dominating teams ever since the Steelers. I think I don't think it's close right now. I think it's it's even though they don't have the three and record like Vegas and Denver, 
I'm far more afraid of Buffalo the Bills than any, yeah, day, any day. And that has a large part to do with Josh Allen compared to Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater. Some good news as far as the wild card race is concerned. It looks like the Colts are dead. Um, an 0-3... Wow, excuse me, an 0-3 right. start for the Indianapolis Colts after the Tennessee Titans beat them 25-16 to at home. Titans out in control of that AFC South. Don't mm-hmm. think they'll ever look back at this point. No, now. I don't I think, think so. It'll be a wire-to-wire finish now for them in that division. I wonder what the f- the aggregate win total will be for Houston, uh, Jacksonville, and Indianapolis at the end of the year. I think the Colts will end up being second place in the division and just get a couple wins. They'll they'll sweep those two teams. I think. So I, I think. He, well, let me to... let me let me give you a little preview of of their next couple of games. On the road against Miami, tough. On the road against Baltimore, probably a loss. Probably a loss. At home against the Texans, it's probably their first win of the season. On the road against the Niners, tough one. And then at home against the Tennessee tough Titans, tough one. Then they get the Jets and the Jags, so they'll get two wins there. But they, they should. We don't know. They but, should. But we then don't they know. go to Buffalo. Go to Buffalo. That's and then a loss. they got Tampa Bay at home. Host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a loss. Texans probably win. Patriots. I don't know. The Patriots are it's a tricky one. Yeah, it's They're, tricky. Patriots are going to be a team that's streaky. They're going to mm-hmm. be good one week and bad the next. On the road week. against the Cardinals, probably. Loss. The Raiders coming into we don't, town. That'll be. We'll know who the Raiders are by week fifteen or sixteen at that point, and then you have the, the Jaguars to end the season. So, so all said and done, I think the Colts are done. I think. I think they're is, done. Too. Oh yeah, this, I think they're done. I think they get maybe five wins on the year, four wins on the year. That zero and three start is a tough hole to have to dig out of, and the Colts, like you said, their schedule doesn't do them any favors as far as lending them a hand to dig out of that hole. Uh, the big game of the week on the NFC side of things, Fox game of the week, was the Rams versus the Buccaneers. We both had them one and two in our power rankings heading into this week's action. The Rams really from start – I know it was 7-7 seven to seven at one point, but I thought the Rams just dominate – maybe the wrong word, but wire to wire, they looked like the best team they all, did. all game and there was a there was a point in the second half in which the Rams – we're t- getting the ball back after the Buccaneers score, and it's okay. They they still have a decent enough lead, but if they don't score here, Tampa Bay and Tom Brady are going to come back and win this game. But what did the Rams do? They went out and scored. I don't know in exactly what fashion it was, but I do remember saying to you, looking right next to you and saying, or looking right next to me at you and saying, I bet you if the Rams don't score here, even if they're up by 10 or 14 with only this much time left to go, the Buccaneers are going to come back and win this game. However, the resulting play was uh, was another touchdown for them. I mean, it's the Stafford. Kudos, kudos to the Rams because it's the Matt Stafford effect. It is. It absolutely is. I mean, you know, you know that 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 joke or that meme where it's like, get a guy who will look at you the way this person looks at X. It's you know, get a, be in a relationship in which. The, the person you're in a relationship looks at you the way Sean McVay looks at Matt Stafford. That guy is in love, infatuated, head over heels with his quarterback. I would be too because if this is last year and it's Jared Goff, they don't get that extra touchdown that puts them over the top. They don't. No, they don't. They don't do that. They're they don't not get into field, They don't get into that field goal range to make it thirty-four to twenty-four. They're like, not three and zero. This is a game that Tampa Bay, I think, wins and wins comfortably. Uh, they they. Barely beat out the Indianapolis Colts last week, only by three points. Kind of an unexpected bump in the road for them. I bet you if Jared Goff is playing in that game, that could easily be an Indianapolis Colts win. 
that home game against the Bears to start the season, uh, things were a little bit interesting before the Rams ran away with it. I don't think the Rams run away. I bet you they still win that game, but it's not by a score of 34-14. to 14. I bet you it's something more along the lines of 24 to 17. No, I It's the Matt Stafford it's effect. It's the Matt Stafford effect. That that offense has now caught up to how great that defense is. Think how good that offense could be though if they had Cam Akers. Oh man, it's a scary prospect. And That's next year, people. That's what I mean. This isn't a team. Stafford's not young, but he's definitely not towards the end. He's, he's not he's not near the Ben Roethlisberger or Eli Manning Philip Rivers cliff. Three he's or, not, he doesn't even see the cliff. You got 3 or 4 years of Matt Stafford at least that I think you're still operating at a high level. They've got a really good offensive line too. He gets protected. I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a really good defensive front and Stafford could do whatever he wanted to. Uh, against the Buccaneers in that game on Sunday. So right now, I know we'll do our power rankings later in the week, but that's got to be the number one team in football. It's, it's number one and number two. They just flipped. You think they flipped? Oh, I'm going Rams it. one. Wait, you put Buffalo number two? I might have Buccaneers drop down a little bit more on mine. I'll, you'll have to wait until I get that's to my a, list, that's, but... that's, the, that's as good of a loss as you can have. I mean, that's on paper, the one loss you're okay to have because the Rams are the number one team in football right it's now. It's my power rankings. I'm just saying. The two hey, yours are wrong. undefeated teams out there that I might jump in front of them. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying, buddy. But that's a hell of a win for the L.A. Rams and one that puts them in the driver's seat for that number one seed, which is a huge deal. Huge deal NFC. since last year when there's only one team with a bye. That could, we said last week before when we were making our score predictions or looking at the games for week three, saying if Tampa Bay wins this game, I think that's it for the NFC. I think Tampa Bay locks up that number one seed. If the Rams win it, there's still a chance that the Buccaneers could come back and sneak their way into that number one seed. But... Right now, the Rams are sitting in the the best position they they could be after three weeks, which is undefeated with a key head-to-head -head win yes. against the Buccaneers. They are not alone at the top of the NFC West, though. The Arizona Cardinals toyed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, were losing what by was with two that scores. Game, Tom? Yeah. They were down 19-10 to 10 at one point to Jacksonville. I said, Urban, 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 you old, <laughs> you old crafty dog, you. You're about to get this first W. I looked down, you know, went to break a couple times at the Steelers Radio Network. I looked back up. Oh, it's 31 to 19 Arizona. All of a well, sudden, that was fast. James Conner had a couple of touchdowns. A couple tutties for James Conner. Uh, pick six that Trevor Lawrence threw. Longest returned touchdown in NFL history, too, in that game off of a missed field goal by the Cardinals taken back by Jamal Agnew of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 109 yards. How appropriate, too, it was Gus Johnson on the call. Oh, that's that the guy's perfect the guy to do that. He's still going. <laughs> oh, my God. Love Gus Johnson. One of the best to ever do it. But the Cards sit atop the NFC West with the L.A. Rams. They're both sitting pretty at 3-0. and and guess what, Jacob? They play next week. Arizona goes to L.A. to face off against the Rams at 4.05 this coming Sunday. Early prediction I got Rams, Rams are just being featured in these heavyweight battles week in all and week, week out. Or all season long, except for the Colts game. They had the Sunday night game against the Bears. They had the Bucks what? game this week. Yeah. And now they got the Cardinals game coming yeah. up this week. Everybody in the nation will be watching that one for sure. The rest of the division, though? Mm. The Seahawks, man, that was a tough. That was a tougher game than it was on paper because Minnesota's fighting for their their lives in that one at home. I mean, you you go to zero and three like we said with the Colts, you're pretty much done if you're the Vikings. 
So their 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 back is against the wall, and those are dangerous teams. When the teams that have their back against the wall that have some talent, those teams are always extremely dangerous. And Seattle found that out going into Minnesota, and I mean they got handled pretty much in that game. It ended up being thirty to seventeen, but the Vikings kind of in control for the most part of that football game. Big win for Minnesota keeps their hopes alive. What does that do to Seattle though? One and two in a division that mm. being one and two in that's no picnic. Didn't you say preseason Seattle I thought they was were going to win the division. Winner? I did. I trusted the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson regime. They still might be able to push for the wild card. I think the division's out of the question now. With the division Rams, is out of the with question. The Rams and if the you Cardinals. don't start three and zero, these are just two. They're losses two games now. back now. This yeah. is two losses now for the Seahawks, of which they they should have held on to things against the Tennessee Titans. One of the the I'm I'm sure. Harder losses to talk about for the Seahawks. No fans question, in they had history. that game won. They should have won that game against Tennessee, and you then you should beat the Vikings on the road. You should. They're you are one and one. You're good enough, and the Vikings are zero and two. But your I, def, your offense is as good, if not better, than the Minnesota Vikings. Probably better because I I trust Russell Wilson far more than I trust Minnesota's. And Minnesota, did you know Tom who their leading rusher was? It was Anthony Madison. Dalvin Cook wasn't as Big of a factor as Anthony Madison was yesterday. So I thought that the Seahawks could have started this year 3-0. One and two start for them. I don't, I mean, with a tough division play, right, To when you still have all of your divisional games left on the year, I don't know if... That given, means you can dig yourself out of the hole, but... Because, okay, right that now, division I is think... Tough. There are going to be three teams from the NFC West at least, and I'm not including the Seahawks in that. I say the Cardinals, the Rams, and this, and the Niners all make it. That's three. You're going to get Tampa Bay as a division winner from the NFC South for sure, a Green Bay division winner from the North, but the NFC and South, an NFC East division winner out of whoever it is. But the NFC South's interesting now too because the Panthers and the Saints are both off to right. really good starts. So I starts. think you you could get one of those two, both of which are. New Orleans is two and one, good road win against the Patriots. Carolina is now three and zero. It's you know three and zero isn't ten and zero, but it's it's a good start. I think two wild cards come from the West, and I think one wild card comes from the South. Wow, so you only oh two wild cards come. From, I right. thought you were saying two teams come from no, the West. No, two wild cards from the West, three teams total, and that and would then that last Seattle. wild card out. Yeah, because that last wild card I think is going to go to the Saints or the Panthers. Yeah, I mean. If you're a Seahawks fan, you're praying that Urban Meyer pulls out that victory, and you you allow this you allow to only you allow yourself to only be one game back between yourself and the Niners and the Cardinals. But right now, you're only one game back behind the Niners, and you're two games back between the Rams and the and and the Cardinals. Well, that's the, a bad hole. Well, the Niners were. F- 37 seconds away from joining the Rams and the Cardinals at 3-0 at the top of the NFC West. What a phenomenal drive from Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, incredible. I thought they were done. I got to be honest. I thought there's no way Jimmy G leads them down the field for a touchdown. Man was not looking great throughout most of that game. Mm -hmm. He looked really poised in that last drive. And I think that's a little indicative of why he's starting over Trey Lance at this point. He's got the poise of an NFL quarterback when the pressure is on and it was masterfully done. I mean, what what can you even say that was a negative about that drive? Even right down to the point where Shanahan wouldn't use his timeouts because he wanted to bleed the clock down as right. much as he possibly could. And, and he did. 
37 seconds left on that clock, Tom. I, I, I would bet that if you gave him truth serum, he would have wished that Juice Chick would have gone down maybe a yard or two short. But then oh. again, I'm sitting here thinking, you, you just have to get touchdown. in. Like, yeah. You have to get it's, in. It's not like you're down like, by a field goal. You yeah, have to like, score that touchdown. This ain't Madden, where I can right. afford to toy around with the clock until there's three seconds, and then I know running back angle play is going to hit every single time. Like That's not the case. You... I get that you want to get cute and you want to manage the clock a little bit, but you need to get into that end zone. So, agreed. You have to do it ASAP no matter what. And check what a hell of a run that was to get him into the mm. end zone. But I was sitting there thinking, okay, 37 seconds and no timeouts left. I'm there's like, no way. There's not enough time. But then I'm like, but there's Rogers. too much time, right? It's Aaron like, And then you see on Twitter, like, eight different Packers fans' screenshots went viral of them just smiling or, like, saying to themselves with the crowd going crazy behind them in because it was in San Francisco, Levi Stadium, they're like 37 seconds, fourth quarter, and they're celebrating. We got this. And they're like, and it's the same thing as that old meme with the guy in Dallas Stadium when he was like, they're celebrating with a minute 13 left in the fourth quarter, and he's just mm -hmm. smiling from ear to ear. And somehow, some way, in 37 seconds, Rodgers gets the ball into makeable field goal range, 50-yarder for uh, yeah, not a Mason Crosby. Uh, not a gimme, but at least it's makeable. It's mm -hmm. not like 66 yards in Justin Tucker. No, right? no, it's no, like, no. So, and the, the best part Imagine, too, imagine a Aaron Rodgers and Justin Tucker team. Well, Jacob, the best part, too, about Rodgers in that sequence, both completions went to Devontae Adams, first of all. They were both in the middle of the field. Wide open. They never had to go out of bounds to stop the clock. It was deep ball, middle of the field, wide open. Beautiful touch pass. Fred Warner, if his finger was two right. inches longer, he tips that ball. But Rodgers puts it right into a bucket, gets him in midfield, hustles up, spikes the ball. Uh, then another play where I think it was an incomplete pass, and then the second pass completed to Devontae Adams. Runs up, spikes the ball with three seconds left. You see Rodgers spike that ball too. He lets out the biggest fist pump ever. Mm -hmm. Anybody who tried to get the narrative off the ground that this dude doesn't care after week one is just ridiculous. I mean, Did you see the reaction of him he when, had a bad when, Mason, game. when Mason Crosby hit that field goal? Yeah, he, he was, was running around like Happiest crazy. kid in the world. And then he followed up in his press conferences with one of our favorite quotes from a sports movie, said, after that, how can you not be romantic about football? He stole it from Moneyball. Stole it from Moneyball, but, but still, such a good line. And it's just such Aaron Rodgers magic. And it, it's – we talk about it in an earlier episode how Ben is the master at that, but it might have to yield to Aaron Rodgers of being 37 seconds with no timeouts and you don't get out of bounds on any of your completions. And you get that game-winning field goal up and in. I mean, that's just a master class of playing that quarterback position. And as far as I'm concerned, are the Packers a flawed team? Yeah, I think you can say that every year with them. Mm. My God, does he make up for it a lot of It doesn't matter how flawed they he are. He just makes up for all of them. I mean, oh, you let the Niners drive down the field 80 yards to score a touchdown with 37 seconds left? Good job, defense. Don't worry. No, I'll still win the game. Yeah. Like He just covers up all of their, their boo-boos. He's the perfect Band-Aid. He, he is climbing up. The Packers are certainly team climbing up in our power rankings. No question about it. I mean, they're still left to do some work to get back to that Rams-Buccaneers category, I think, as far as I'm I concerned. I don't know. I don't know. As long as Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are there, I don't know. And Aaron Jones, too. Aaron Jones, sure, but but that's the that thing. Comp, that 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 tandem of of Rodgers and, and Adams is unbeatable. Even it's if, unbeatable, Tom. Even if we go Rams Bucks as the 
top two contenders, you're going to assume one of those two is going to have to go through Aaron to get there. And that's a scary prospect. Mm-hmm. Like you'd, you'd venture a guess that I'm gonna say, Bucks or Rams in the divisional round will see Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably Rams or Bucks one and two, and then by the end of the season, Packers it's Green Bay three. three, and then the Niners or the Rams or the or, or excuse me, the, the Cardinals, the fourth team being yeah. obviously the NFC East. And real quick, last game on the schedule tonight: the uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think the Cowboys are the favorite to win that NFC East now in my mind, and I think you see them pretty— I don't know. I, I mean, the Eagles had a good mm. day against—a good defensive day last week against the Niners offense. And they lost. I think that the Dallas Cowboys, who went and beat the L.A. Chargers in L.A., mind you, last week, better team. I see them winning this game by, like, 10 points tonight. We'll see. Getting I think it's real. I think it's a toss-up. It's an NFC East. I'm done picking winners of this from this division. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for giving us a listen. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman. We will be back with some fresh episodes for you later in the week. So don't forget to tune in to Steelers Nation Radio or check out our podcast at Steelers.com of the Steelers Standard.